0: Friday lunchtime lectures at the Open Data Institute. Uh, So, listen, thanks ever so much for coming out uh, today. Uh, Hopefully yesterday's um, disruptions in London uh, didn't uh, have impact for all of you coming today and everything else. So uh, it's just really nice to uh, be able to talk a little bit about our own open data experiences at Ordnance Survey and to and talk to you a little bit about the journey we 've been on, uh, some of our products and services, and how they 've been received in the market um, what they're beginning to achieve um, out there and just some of the thoughts I guess we 've got as, as i mean we consider ourselves to be a relatively mature um, open data business, um, and to maybe give you some insight into how that feels within our own organization and, and what you can expect of, of us over the next wee while. Um, can I do a quick show of hands because you never know when you 're speaking to a new audience how many of you think you know lots about Ordnance Survey, so the majority not really, so I'm going to tell you a bit about us first just to, just to set the scene a little bit then. So, um, this bit was a bit of an afterthought really in terms of coming in, so I wondered if that would be the case. So, um, Ordnance Survey is a data business, um, we're a wholly owned government company, um, that came into effect on the 1st of April this year, um, prior to that we uh, were one of the government trading funds, similar status of um, organisations like the Met Office, uh, Land Registry, Companies House and so on and so forth. We have a mandate to generate sustainable income um, from the development uh, of ge- geographic information products and services um, across a full spectrum of government, business and consumer markets. Most of you will have seen Ordnance Survey in the context of, of paper maps that you can buy for outdoor recreational um, use on the high street. We're going to talk a lot more about the other side of um, Ordnance Survey today um, before I kick in, it's important, we've always been an open data publisher, so you're going to have to forgive some of the language I use at some of the times today. I, we get a little bit surprised when we, we see this great interest in, in open data. We, our products have always been open, and when we see ourselves in the context of being a public sector business uh, and a public sector organisation, the drive to be more transparent, sometimes it, it, we, we find ourselves being confused with other government businesses who haven't had a traditional policy of publishing the data that they hold. We're very different from that uh, respect. Publishing data is our business. <laughs> um, the challenge for us is balancing the publication of data uh, in, a, in a freely accessible manner in, in a way that doesn't necessarily equal free. And, and I'll talk to you a little bit about the journey we've gone on to, to make, um, sustainably make some of our products and services free um, as part of our, our open data initiative. So that's, if you like, a bit of context to, to who we are and, uh, and, and our journey so far. Um, I said earlier on, we're a very successful open data publisher. Uh, Since 2010, when we first released uh, a large part of our portfolio of of products as open products, uh, over a million downloads have been been made of those products. Now, that's that's a very large number um, of downloads. When you consider back in 2010, we were all still building the platforms to be able to to distribute, manage the distribution of of that kind of volume of data. In April of this year we released a second tranche of open data products, significant um, tranche of open data products, and in the first 24 hours we received 10,000 downloads of that data. So open geographic data, um, geospatial data, is is absolutely something um, for which there is an apparent interest in the market um, for, so we'll talk a little bit about that as we're we're going through. Um, How many in the room have had some experience of using Ordnance Survey open data products? There must be more of you in there than that, so um, at least two, of you, two or three of you I, I, I'm familiar with should have two hands up at that point. Um, so in 2010 and over the, the, the years into sort of the 11 and 12, um, that was our, um, our open data product listing, if you like. So a large range of um, mapping-based products, so um, products that you would recognize as providing contextual mapping. Uh, other popular uh, mapping products are available, as you know, on the internet. Uh, so very similar in many regards around those. Um, our proposition sits across the level of detail that's available in Great Britain, the currency of those products, um, the consistency between the various products that sit there, which stand us alone within Great Britain compared to some of those other offerings. On the right-hand side, slightly more analytical data, data that enables you to search on location um, to be able to query place names, boundaries, uh, postal, um, postal areas and so on and so forth, and being to understand the relationship between road networks, Um, and and places uh, and contextualize that in a a mapping sense. In April uh, 2015, so that's this year, come right forward, uh, we released four new significant open data products. Now, I say significant because to us, we'd we'd specifically designed these products as open products. In 2010, uh, we made available some of our existing products as open products and the the difference in that journey is quite significant. I'm going to talk a little bit about what it is to design an open data product in that regard um, in the next few minutes. But certainly in April 2015, we designed four new open data products, and and it was intended to significantly take forward the notion of just Ordnance Survey releasing some mapping data to use as a backdrop to other data, which is part of where we'd been until that point. So OS Open Map Local, um, the most detailed uh, topographic base mapping, if you like, base mapping um, for use on the internet, in support of um, a whole range of contextual data that can be put across that. So the most detailed mapping that's available in Great Britain, beginning to identify important buildings, sites of interest, so health sites, education sites, industrial um, locations, all structured and and, and very visible and queryable within the data. We also um, in conjunction with uh, two very major government departments DFT and and the Environment Agency, started to bring out um, more analytical products for interrogation of networks. So in the case of the water network, um, the Environment Agency publishing increasing volumes of of open data, Michael was here last week just talking about that, that giving um, an open uh, network, hydrological network against which some of that open data can be structured. The same for roads, begin to publish the DFT classification of the road network and and allow some basic analysis um, of Public sector information that's being published around around the road network. We haven't released a network uh, a network that enables to route through that. So it's not a routable network in that sense. It's a much more complex set of data uh, required to enable to route through a network. But to be able to perform statistical analysis and analyse the data around that network, and both the Open Roads and Open River products will enable you to do that. And finally, um, a new set of gazetteer data. So there is a lot of gazetteer data available from ourselves and other locations before this year. We brought that together and structured um, a much more um, sophisticated detailed if you like um, set of name based data um, against which you can drill and search for places um, within Great Britain. Um, it's far more than mapping um, so you would, you would expect that we, we're not about open mapping we are very much about open data and, and in that regard um, we've given a lot of thought in recent times to trying to extend the value of the data beyond just simply presenting a map. Um, I was looking earlier on just on the window etchings as we came into this room, there's a whole load of nice quotes about mapping and such like around around there, but all of them fundamentally come back to the data that sits behind the map. So we're structuring now our data to enable that querying, um, to enable data to be associated with that base mapping information, so information about rivers, being able to append it to a data set that describes the geometry of the river itself information about roads, be that traffic accidents perhaps or otherwise, being able to associate that back to the road um, carriageway itself. So when we released our data back in 2000, uh, sorry, in 2015, earlier this year, back in April, we tried to coin two, uh, so three very clear terms about why you would use Ordnance Survey data. I'll come back to why, why, why this is so important in a little while. I think previously, between 2010, 11, 12, our data was very much about um, viewing. You could view map-based data, you could you could sit other government data sets, other data from data.gov.uk, other open data and contextualize that over um, a base map. It was very difficult to, to pin your information to associate other information to that map data in order to be able to analyze and we've had to think very carefully about some of the, um, the further barriers around sharing and I'll come back to, to doing that. So we believe our proposition if you like for our data products today is very much about more than viewing but also pinning and, and sharing data within that and, 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 it, and offering that and so. We're also thinking much more about services um, within, within OS at present. Um, it's not enough to, to put data on a, on a website to make it available for download. Um, by its very nature, some geographical data is relatively complex. Uh, as an industry, uh, geographic information is quite difficult to, to consume. Uh, at times, you need sophisticated um, geographic information system um, knowledge to be able to work with that data. It makes it very difficult to take it if, if you haven't experienced uh, geographic data before, put it into your new development and immediately work with it. Much more easy to consume a service where a lot of that heavy lifting has been done for you. So we're publishing a lot of our data now through services. Um, our existing open services uh, I've got on the screen behind you there. Um, a range of different data sets available um, to you to be able to display boundaries, to be able to query on place names, um, to be able to search around postcodes and so on and so forth. They're all um, today under the OS Open Space product. Um, a sneak preview of something we're, we're working at with at present is, to, is remapping, um, so odd choice of phrase, uh, redesigning in this, in this case, um, a new API user experience um, to sit across all of our products. That's both our open products and also our premium products. So developers can come in, um, shop through a, a, a number of different uh, lenses and explore the range of services and data and content that 's available behind those APIs. More easily connect with them and um, to think about the uh, mechanisms by which someone would come along as a, as a developer, someone starting out with data and and engage with that at a business level um, as much as, as, as much as an entrepreneurial level if you like. Um, for us, over the last few years, and I just want to kind of that's a bit about our products and, and services. So hopefully, um, if you weren't familiar about those before, you are, you are now. Um, a little bit about our experiences, I guess. I think what we've really realised, and, and I guess I'm teasing um, everyone by a sense of of the title of the talk. So, having open data is great. Just putting it out there, uh, our experience hasn't hasn't been so positive. So. By putting data out there and assuming that people will use it and do great things with it's partly true. We've seen some fantastic success stories. Um, Our own experience is that's not enough. So for us, we want to create sustainability about the use of that data. That means a conversation with your end users. I mean, I'm, I'm a product guy at heart, so you want to understand who your users are. You want to understand what they're doing with your data. You want them to talk to you about what they would like to be able to do with that data and what's limiting. In that. So, putting data on a website, allowing people to download it, hoping to catch the odd email address, and, and doing that across a million downloads doesn't engage that, that kind of audience. So, I think we've had to work really hard to think, and we still are thinking, so this is kind of um, a, a degree of transparency with you, about how our data um, starts a journey um, with uh, our future users. The geographic information marketplace is one whereby there's enormous opportunity at present driven. Uh, by no small way by the the drive of mobile and and smartphones and other similar devices. To connect with that community and start making the right impression is really important to us so that um, as as people become more familiar with some of the open data products we can do, um, they they may have a demand for for other types of data we might be able to help them with. So the the impression we create is is important to start. Um, It's been really important for us to build the right kind of stakeholder communities that sit around that, understand um, all the manner of different uh, communities are out there, so um, uh, any of you who are building and designing products in the market will be familiar with, with the need to kind of engage at this level. So capturing user requirements, thinking about the community of users you're trying to serve, capturing feedback in some sort of constructive sense, being able to react to that feedback, respond to it in some way, um, improve experiences behind that data. All of these things are really important for us to, um, to work through and trap. And so for the last few years, we've been building those communities, um, very much working in some some aspects through ODI. It's been a really important community for us to build out. Um, But also developing our own developer communities, reaching out through um, businesses in the marketplace. Um, Some of you may or may not, I'll I'll talk a little bit about Geovation, which is our own innovation um, network towards the end of this presentation. But to reach out and engage with developers um, to, to try and build that um, through What I would say is, uh, as an observation is that hasn't been, um, that hasn't been an easy journey. Um, you, you can meet lots of people, uh, you can uh, have a lot of enthusiasm for publishing data, but to build that depth of relationship and to gain that feedback is something which um, is not so straightforward and it's something which I think as an open data publisher and, a, and, a, and probably a community of open data publishers we need to do um, lots more um, work around and it's something which We've got a number of conversations happening with ODI around doing that at at the moment. Um, So we have broadly probably three communities of users um, that we talk to today. So our traditional um, geographic information system, developers type community, um, professional users of data who who, um, undoubtedly want to consume and do some really interesting things with open data. So a GIS community, they speak our language. Um, they, They have very specific requirements. And and for them, a lot of this is about data that perhaps I may have paid for um, being available for free. Um, Two other communities that are really interesting to us, um, developers, developers who may not be so familiar with geographic information, um, who may not even be that familiar with using mapping, who default to using um, specific types of data that's available to them. So reaching out to developers, actually us changing our language, learning a new language to approach to that community is equally as important, and also working out and, and reaching out to. Um, citizens. It's not, it's not a great word to describe that, um, that community, but there's a huge group of people doing enormous amounts of social good based on the technology that's now available to them, and being able to, to reach to them, explain to them the opportunities that are available to them, and capture that um, is, is really important to us. Um, licensing data for an organization like ourselves is, is our business. Um, we license uh, data under a number of different uh, uh, business models and so on and so forth. Something which we're very proud to have been associated with in the last um, four years now is involvement in the development of the open government license. And in many respects, um, Ordnance Survey have been um, right at the heart of the development of a really simple um, open government license, the the current version, version 3, that was being developed in the last year or so. All of our open data products are licensed under OGL3. Um, We also go further than that. Um, with our government uh, customers and and government community over the last couple of years and allowed them to presume the right to publish under most circumstances. So as long as they're not um, publishing some of our premium products for for free reuse, which would obviously not be um, so great, uh, a real presumption to publish government information based on our data as long as they do that under the same terms by which we also publish our open data, which is under the Open Government license, and make it available on data.gov.uk. So I think in the last few years we've had to do um, significant work to clarify our position on licensing. I think many people still see Ordnance Survey data as being difficult to license, and hopefully over the last six months we've we've really moved a long way to to remove that um, perception through both a combination of presumption to publish, for public sector publishing open data but also our adoption of OGL 3 um, for, for publishing our own open data products. So just to share a few um, case studies with you and um, to give you a flavour of some of the things that have been done um, if, you, um, if you visit Ordnance Survey's website and there are a number of different things around then os.uk slash open data is straightforward, there's a whole range of different case study material um, around that. These are anything from um, some of our government customers Um, Publishing data as an overlay on some of our open data products in the background. A range of different business customers doing the same. A number of different portals and observatories setting up. I don't know how many of you are familiar with the the urban observatory city. A whole range of different um, city um, examples being played out. Different city information being displayed. um, Both informing smart city development. But just generally otherwise informing um, citizens around... Um, around the operation and the utility of their city environment so in in London we're providing a lot of our open data being used within there. A whole range of social good projects, Um, a number of those regularly showcased at ODI events where you can see um, the value of um, of mapping in the background um, from ourselves giving context to that. Um, We've done a a number of projects with the Environment Agency since the release of a lot of their open data um, earlier this year Um, some of their data being published through APIs and being connected in, so I talked earlier on, the compatibility between the EA and flood network information, our own um, open rivers network, being able to to visualise and display that. Um, Huge amounts of information being published on data.gov.uk and the ability to visualise that, structure it back to some of the source boundary information uh, to which it refers. And and in a case of many of the smart city initiatives that are growing up across Britain, um, now uh, this example from Glasgow being underpinned in many cases by... Um, about Ordnance Survey um, Open Data. Collaborations are also really important to us. We're heavily involved with um, s- some of the other um, partners that we, that we maintain across government in the Environmental Science to Services Partnership, (ESSP). So a real collaboration around these organizations concentrating on making data available, making data available collaboratively that that can work together um, to solve common problems. So. One of the initiatives we're working on at present is the Data Spring under the ESSP, um, really to help um, give a front to information which enables um, organizations to come together and access information about the environment, about some of the environmental processes that that data to underpins. And to recognize in the same vein that putting data um, out there on its own is not enough, but thinking about um, developing front ends that information through APIs um, uh, in this case, laying a, an API layer out there being able to take and and then demonstrate the consumption of that into a number of different solutions and services that sit on top of that so you get the kind of model around that. So I talked a lot um, earlier on about working to embed yourself within the developer community to understand what your users is looking for to gain that feedback. Um, earlier this year, uh, we opened, and the, the formal opening was just two weeks ago, Um, our own Geovation hub um, in the east end of London here, Um, over near Farrington, the Geovation hub um, is co-located in with the Future Cities catapult. Um, It's a brand new space if you like which we've opened in London and specifically to uh, really get behind uh, the need to uh, connect developers, entrepreneurs, innovators with uh, geographic data generally. That, that could absolutely be Ordnance Survey's data products but it, geography generally is, is is very much at the heart of that. That's come from um, a background in Geovation projects. So I've mentioned Geo- Geovation earlier on which was a, a number of different, was a proven model if you like, for um, stimulating collaboration based around geography. We ran a number of different um, catapult style um, programs uh, to bring groups together to, to tackle um, specific problems that we identified for which geography would act as a, as a fundamental underlying um, uh, group to, to do that. Uh, we've had over two and a half thousand participants involve themselves in the competitions to date, a number of different camps, hackathon tile camps. Uh, we've helped create 31 startups and, and we've uh, been involved in the awarding of uh, over 700,000 pounds with the funding around that. So off the back of the success of Geovation, uh, we wanted to make that a little bit more real and, and, and o- an open... Uh, a specific hub, if you like, as a focal point to um, to take that forward. Um, very much behind uh, growth in the economy, so looking to bring um, groups together um, who have a geocentric purpose, um, who want to come and innovate with geographic data to, um, to to make the connection, if you like, between our own products, other open data products that, or or premium products for that matter, that may be available around geography, um, to help innovators and developers understand some of that data better, to bring developers together with, um, with experts across a whole range of different domains, and of course provide some um, support and access to our own open data product. So the sorts of people we would expect to, to be involved in, in the hub, working with, um, they could be developers in their own right, um, in, that, in the makers community, uh, innovators. Um, a number of different uh, common discovery skills that um, that we've designed things for there, and to bring them together with entrepreneurs, um, folk who have got real technical backgrounds, business opportunity backgrounds, and to and to, to help bring some of those ideas to fruition. The common purpose being that um, typically those ideas are based around geography in some way or another. So, if you haven't heard about the Geovation Hub, um, which is the the physical space that we, we have over at clarkenwell Well. Um, Have a look at um, website address, which I'll give you in a minute, have a look at that. Um, It's not open data specifically, Um, it's far more than that, but we see that as very much part of our um, programme of outreach, programme of development to encourage people to find out more about um, geography, more about geographic open data, and to really get behind um, understanding that more. So to collaborate, exchange ideas, innovate and be inspired, um, and understand geographic data more. So for us, um, our mantra is about improving the quality of our open data that we have today um, to improving the use of that, improving the understanding of that, working really hard to, to reach out beyond our traditional communities um, at the same time recognising that, that the business that sits behind that needs to be sustainable. Um, our own open data today we're very comfortable seeing as more of a freemium um, model for ourselves, so a lot of um, open data products stimulating use, stimulating interest and and driving some of that value back into our other product range to kind of um, bridge that gap and ensure that the open data can continue to be uh, sustainably funded. So I was on a mission to talk for no more than 20 minutes, so hopefully I've managed to just about achieve that. Um, A few of you looking at your watches, maybe a few more minutes on top of that. Uh, Hopefully that was interesting. Um, Hopefully that kind of filled out a few blanks in in folks' minds that you didn't previously maybe know or appreciate. I'm very happy to, to stand for a bit longer and have a have a conversation with you about any aspects of that. Thank you very much for listening. You've been listening to a Friday Lunchtime Lecture, brought to you by the Open Data Institute.